0: Hello, and welcome to episode 33 of the Paranormal Paradigm Podcast. Today's guest is Paul Rowland, who is a Chester based paranormal investigator who also likes to invent and make his own ghost hunting equipment. Now, that's something that fascinates me because there's so much uh, stuff out there on the market. Um, you know, let's be honest, the market has been saturated in recent years with ghost hunting equipment. Some of it vastly overpriced for what it does. Um, but they know that it will sell. So, so they, they're able to stick such um, a steep uh, markup on it, really. Um, but I'm always interested in people that make their own because, you know, it's those kind of pieces of equipment that will, will probably be more true to what they're used for and probably can be more trusted. And you probably all know my opinion now on mobile phone apps and those kind of pieces of equipment that can be easily manipulated and easily falsified. Um, I'll be sure to talk to Paul about that actually during the interview to to get his opinion on that as well. Um, But don't forget that my second book, Experiences of a Paranormal Investigator, is now for sale. You can get the e-book and the paperback version from Amazon or you can contact myself to send you a signed copy should you wish. But also, I'm going to be giving away a copy, as I did with the the last book a few times. I'll be doing so with the new book. So I'm going to be running a little bit of a competition, and we're going to talk more about that in the outro. But uh, we'll be running a bit of a you know a friendly competition really um, for, for for those that wish to enter, and the prize will be a a signed copy of my new book experiences of a paranormal investigator and what I've tried to do in the new book as I'm sure I've explained before is I've broken down experiences into subcategories I've I've managed to do it into six categories and um, it's going to be it's quite it's quite detailed on what each category is and the experiences that are involved with each one and it's taken that you know that kind of new beginner, that new starter, on a journey from the first book. And that's the idea behind it. But there are plenty of experiences in there, plenty of stories as well, both firsthand from myself as well as from fellow investigators that that I've spoken to and investigated with. So be sure to stick around for the outro part of this episode, where I'll be uh, outlining the the competition and how you guys can enter to to win that. Also, don't forget on Spreadshirt. I have um, a shop where you can purchase um, any Paranormal Paradigm merchandise. You can get yourself a mug, you can get yourself a a hoodie, or I think even a a sofa cushion, should you wish. Um, And if there's nothing on there, you know, if if something on there that's not not for sale, it's something that you want, just let me know. Um, Or I think you can even design your own on there with the logo as well. So uh, don't forget to head over there and get yourself a a Paranormal Paradigm podcast coffee mug I've got one the quality is actually quite good and I rather enjoy drinking my coffee out of out of a mug that has uh as my podcast logo and I think it's great so go get yourself a mug and drink it in front of drink out of it in front of other people and and hopefully they'll ask all about the podcast and we can get some more listeners um, which is always a good thing before we uh, get to uh, the show's interview with Paul uh, I just wanted to talk for a piece of equipment that I've recently purchased. Um I purchased it from Karen Frey who you may remember was on a few episodes back. She um is part of the the Keep on Chatting network. She runs that. She also runs the the Keep Paranormal group. Um a really fantastic lady. Um, who does a lot to support me with uh, my other show, The Collective Conspiracy Show, hosting it on the Keep On Chatting Network. Do head over to the Keep On Chatting Network. That's spelled K-E-A-P. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Facebook. And there were some fantastic shows on there, of course, uh, my own included. But there were some other shows, some really good shows, um, Shadow Chasers with Dave and Jess, who were on episode 31. Um, you know, and there's, there's, um, Gary Fields, who's a medium. He does a good show, The Open Mic Hour, where people go on and talk about anything relating to the paranormal. And they stream live. So if you subscribe to the Facebook group or you subscribe to the, a youtube channel you'll get them live and you can interact with the hosts as, as the shows progress it's a, a really good network and a really good thing that she's got going there but she's been selling off some of her equipment as people do you know you kind of want to upgrade and you want to get some new pieces of equipment in your kit bag and i um, purchased a spirit board and it's a spirit board that was made by her partner eddie and it what i like about it is it, it, it involves no contact whatsoever where a glass is concerned, so it's a square board, and the the words and the numbers are circular, and there's a um at the, on the on each side of the the board there's a about a two three inch strip of um, copper wire on each side of the square, and the idea is that uh, you'll have four people participating, and they will put uh, a finger or two fingers. On the piece of copper on their side of the board. And then that copper runs beneath the board, um, into the center of the board where it then attaches to a, I guess you could call it a hand, kind of like a, if you picture a clock face with, with a hand that kind of comes out and that hand spins round, you can move it around. But the idea is, is that your energy is, is conducted through the copper and then moves the hand on the board and takes it to whatever letter or whatever number it is that the spirit is trying to communicate with you. So they use your energy to um, to go through the copper, of course, cu- copper being an extremely conductive material, and then it will move the uh, the arm, I guess you could call it, um, around the board. It's a fantastic um, idea. It's one I've never seen before. I'm sure they're out there, but I've never come across it. And I remember using it at an investigation that we went on with Karen and thinking it was a brilliant idea uh, because, of course, it removes so much, um, so many possibilities of, of people either um, potentially manipulating it or, or purposely manipulating a spirit board with the glass and moving it around uh, if they want to be a bit mischievous or if they want to kind of lead the group on and it also prevents the um phenomenon where people might be moving the glass subconsciously without knowing it so it removes all of that from the whole experiment and relies really on um, energy and conductivity of that energy i think it's a really really good idea and i'm really excited to to get out there and and start using it again and i'll try i'll I'll try and remember to take a picture and I'll upload it to the Facebook group for you guys to see because it's a fantastic uh, piece of work. I mean, Eddie's done really well designing it. And another thing that Eddie does is he works on things like um, old spirit uh, boxes, spirit radios, um, and he, he he designs them um, to a particular era, you know. So instead of standing there with a very modern 21st century type spirit box, he will design it so it looks like a, a 1940s radio or or whatever. And, and the idea being that the spirits that you're interacting with can, um, can recognise it as something from their era. So they might be more prone to interact with it if it's a piece of equipment that they recognise. Um, and he's also now looking at children's toys, so children's trains and things like that, and turning them into REM pods, which I think is a fantastic idea, again, because it can almost be used as a trigger object. You know, children might be more prone to approaching um, a child's spirit, might be more prone to approaching a train or a little toy, as they might be to approaching just a silver box or something they might not recognise as it's a very modern device. So, Some really good ideas out there at the moment, and I'm I'm really happy to to have purchased that spirit board from them. And I'll keep an eye on the REM pods that, that he's making in the future as well, and the spirit boxes, because I think they're fantastic pieces of equipment that he that he manages to work on. But anyway, uh, let's get on with the show. So as I say, tonight's guest, Paul Rowland, uh, it's going to be a really interesting show, really keen to talk about the equipment side of things as well. So uh, let's get on with it, and I hope you enjoy it.
1: And it's my pleasure to welcome Paul. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Kieran. Thanks for inviting me on.
0: It's great to have you. I uh, I came across you through Dave and Jess from Shadow Chasers. Um, you, you did a show with them recently. I've done and a show
1: with them and some minor investigation work. They visited uh, the Old King's Head in Chester, so i Yeah,
0: this. yeah, and it's um I I, I, I watched that interview. and I thought I've got to get this guy on. I think we've got a lot in common. Um and and here you are. So thank thank you very much for coming on. Um, so as you as you just mentioned there, you do some investigations in in Chester. It's, Probably, it's not my favourite place in the UK. It's a close second, uh, just right. behind York. Um, wow. yeah and and it is because of the history and you know i always call chester a mini york so for the listeners if you've never been to either of those places if you're living in america and you do get the chance to come over um do visit chester it's a fantastic place steeped in history um and the the pub that you mentioned the ye old king's head i actually remember sitting in there with my wife and having a pint um and seeing a flyer on the table advertising ghost hunts um, yes. and, and earmarking it for something I would like to have done in the future. It never got around to it. Um So are you affiliated with that place so you get to investigate there? Is it just you that gets to investigate there?
1: No, I've got a small team with me, but it all started quite a few years back. I used to um, investigate alongside with public at uh, another place called Plasteg in North Wales, which will be known to quite a lot of people. And during one of those investigation evenings, the landlord of the King's Head, the old King's Head, came along to Plas Town and saw me and remembered me as this guy with all this strange kind of kit and equipment that he'd never seen before. He was quite interested in paranormal. He was starting to go to a few events. And at just around that time, he was buying the pub. Anyway, scroll on a, a few months, about six months, he got the pub up and running. Was running a couple of paranormal events for himself, and I got invited along through a friend. Um, those investigations didn't last for very long, only for financial reasons, really. Um, and I've never stopped going to the pub. Once I sort of he gave me an open invitation, and I have literally been going there for about eight years now. Um, wow. on, a, on average, once a week, um, with uh, groups of friends, not large groups. We've done public investigations, early evening investigations. And the pub is changing once again now. With the um the lockdown conditions, the landlord Harry has took the brave decision to install cameras everywhere, all the rooms. So where is the pub used to be, yes. Where the pub used to be open for people to stay overnight as a hotel, that's all out the window now because there are cameras in every guest room. And that there's about going to be about twenty cameras. And they are gonna be able to record either twenty four seven or motion activated recordings, nighttime, right. daytime. And plus alongside I put in some specialized lighting equipment and detection equipment in places. But that will be open to the public and groups to come along and investigate for themselves.
0: Right. And I, I remember you'll you'll definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but something about the pub, and it was that it claimed to be the oldest pub in England or something like that. Am I right there?
1: Am I wrong? No, um, there is actually a a pub in Chester with an older um, claim to fame than that. Chester, its history is it was first occupied by the Romans, so just after AD 72, 73. So it was a major port. So the actual area that the pub was built on has got Roman connections. I have found out just recently there was a major walkway to cross over the river Oh. So there, there is a lot of history there. I'm hoping a friend of mine comes through with uh, more history for, for local history groups. So uh, I hope you'll be able to find out more. And is, is that
0: something, you know, when you've done your investigations, has that come across in, in your findings, the, the, the Roman kind of side of things?
1: Only once. I, I would hope it would have come through more um, We did do a call out many, many years ago, and I got a reaction on a piece of audio equipment, real-time reaction, when I asked out if there were any Roman soldiers in the area. Um, It was was possibly a voice, but I can't remember now. It was a long time ago. And just recently, we've started asking out again if there's any Romans with us. We don't really get much response. There's always hope for the future. The one that we have made more of a connection with was a photograph I took was a Civil War soldier. I took a photograph, and uh, there's a semi-transparent figure, and he was identified by someone, not me, uh, independent from me. You can tell he's wearing light-armoured clothing from the Civil War era. That's an interesting one. And have you ever considered um, maybe –
0: I mean, I've got Latin tattoos, but I'm not very good at speaking Latin. Have you ever considered doing something like that, talking the language that the Romans would understand maybe?
1: Um, I I put an app on my phone once, which I didn't I didn't think was brilliant, but it was a, a voice converter from one language to another, and you could put an English phrase in and convert it to Latin. It would speak it out. It's possibly something we should do more of. Uh, I agree with you, your idea. It's definitely something.
0: Yeah, it's, we we've just had a lot of um, a lot of kind of positive experiences doing stuff like that. We you know playing. Look, Vera Lynn in a particular location where there was a lot of you know 1940s type um history there and, and we have had a lot of responses there so I was, I was just thinking it's something you could consider um so when you you talk about um your your photo fo- the photos that you captured and and the pieces of equipment that you make I'm really keen to talk about this what what made you want to start building your own equipment because there's so much out there on the market almost too much stuff and yet it can cost an arm and a leg but that's what everybody goes for so what made you kind of step away from that and go no i'm gonna make my own stuff
1: um well this goes back to our good old friends on most haunted when i first started watching that as every one of us did um i used to like the program but i was always very frustrated about the lack of results but especially the lack of use of technology and the lack of use of relevant technology Lots of people, for example, I'm sorry about this, but use K2 meters. They are very sensitive bits of kit, but they've only got five LEDs to tell you what they detect. Yeah. can't tell the difference between a main signal, a telephone signal, or a ghost or a spirit standing next to you, because you only got five LEDs. I did a modification on one for a colleague of mine and hooked it up to an audio amplifier. You can tell whenever it detected anything, you could hear what the sound was, and that makes a big difference because a true paranormal, or paranormal investigator wants to rule out known causes of effects, especially on a K2, and a lot of them, trust me, a lot of them are phone signals because modern uh, cell phones, they talk to the cell masts regularly, and that makes the, the K2s trip. When you've got an audio amplifier hooked up to it, you hear that sound, you know what it is. Now, ironically, we had a, a very interesting event at um, Great Castle many years ago. You know where Cyberty, I'm a to get me out of yeah. here. Yeah, Done a few investigations there, did, caught a couple of audio EVPs there, which are very interesting. But we used this K2 meter with the audio amplifier. And at the time, the castle had got no mains electricity anywhere near it, probably a mile away from the nearest mains electricity. Yet we heard... Very unusual, screechy, electromagnetic sounds with the with the K2 meter hooked up. Proving that the K2 has got capability, it's just not utilised properly. So anyway, um, it was because of Most Haunted, I wanted to use unusual, different, better technology. So I started out thinking, what do I want to do? How do I want to improve? So video lighting, I wanted to improve, which I've only made little inroads into that. But photography lighting has been much more successful. So I use uh, pulse. So it's a a digital pulse light. And I use primarily ultraviolet and blue light because they're the strongest colors of light. Although ultraviolet's not strong to our eyes, technically it's got more energy than any other color of light. Mm -hmm. Combine that with a good quality digital SLR mounted on a tripod, three-second exposure. And that's how I've managed to capture photographs that I, well, I'm 100% believe they are ghosts because of the nature of the way I'm taking them. Right, and and,
0: and what fascinates me about that is I, I've written extensively about how um, my belief is that spirits exist, or whatever a spirit is, that's a completely different discussion, exist outside of our perceptive range, which is only 0.05% of the light spectrum, and there's so much that we can't perceive in the world around us. So when you're developing these pieces of technology that allow you to see outside of that range, um, you're capturing stuff that... With your naked eye, you wouldn't see, but you yeah. know, with these kind of ultraviolet cameras that you're developing, it enables you to see so much more. Do you have that where you, you know, you 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 can categorically say, I could see nothing there, but the camera has captured something.
1: That's happened on quite a few occasions that you don't you don't see anything. Else. You might get an inclination of a, a shadowy movement or something like that. Um, in fact, that happened with the soldier picture at the Old King's Head that we heard a noise. We didn't know what it was. I jumped up and started taking photos. My colleague, Steve, was in the foreground of this photo with the soldier. He didn't see him at the time. They were literally standing side by side in the building. Um, What I want to go on to develop, and this is just technology that's sort of on my to-do list, but I've got lots and lots to do, is imagine if you're an investigator and you started to feel... There was someone or something around you. We've all been there. We've all done that. But it goes nowhere because you can't prove or disprove what it is you're sensing or feeling. So I would like on the investigation to be able to put a piece of kit in your hand and then it senses any energy changes within you, Ele- basically electromagnetic, but it could be just electric field. Right. Really? Put that back up to a light system by my camera via a cable. It has to be a cable link. I can't do it remote, wireless. Via a cable. And then you wander around, and you say, I'm feeling a bit unusual here. I'm sensing a presence. And then I start taking photographs because the light that's being projected at you through the system would be based on any change in vibration or change in energy that you were sensing or giving off. So that's just one of the things I want to develop. So, so your uh, your changing feeling or your
0: changing energy, it triggers the the photograph to be taken automatically. Is that what you're not,
1: saying? Not triggers. I could do it that way, but I would prefer to work with a person to say right. if you if you were in a room with me and you said, look, I just feel as something's unusual here, I'll say, right, hold the, hold the sensor, stay still. While you're doing this, do a call out, and at that time, I'll be snapping photos of you. But the light that's being projected at you will be based on your energy field or an energy field close to you, depending on how I instruct you to use the device. Wow. (laughs) Then I better see if anything unusual turns up on the photos. And there's there's several different types of sensor I can use for that, but that's one that I want to get underway and get using as well. Right. I mean, it, it, this stuff fascinates me and because
0: the, my regular listeners will know that I, I harp on so much about how the, the, the investigative field on a whole, I believe, has become very stale. It's plateaued. We use the same equipment all the time. We ask the same questions. We don't really look at furthering um, our kind of experiments and how we can get more evidence for what we do. And when, when I get to talk to someone like yourself who, who is actively looking for new Ways to, to contact the, these energies and, and new ways to use the person who is investigating. I think it's absolutely
1: brilliant. Um, so, the- well, I think that you see, I think that's an area that hasn't people haven't been able to tackle or make use of. Because I said before, many of us have been in locations where we felt something different. We did we, we say we feel an energy around us or a static field or hot or cold, and I would like to be able to use the person themselves as the sensor. But that obviously requires a bit of clever electronics to do that, but it's all doable. All doable. It
0: does. And, and, and I would say that, and, and something I've argued again, quite a lot is that the best piece of equipment you can use is yourself, you know, yes.
1: because you can, you can
0: trust yourself. As you say, these K2 meters, um, we've had walkie talkies in a group when it's been a rather large um, location. And it took an hour to realize that the K2 was being triggered by the, the walkie talkie every time it kicked in. So it can give you so many false readings, but only you know what you're seeing and what you're feeling as an individual. So yeah. if you can trust yourself and then use that kind of um, change in feeling to trigger what you're talking about here, it's, it's a real good kind of um, amalgamation of, of that using your, your own body yeah. and using the best piece of equipment for that particular scenario. Because what happens is we use these pieces of equipment and it's kind of one size fits all. Yes. You know, we take the K2 to different locations. So we're using the same equipment all the time, expecting different results. But yeah. it never really happens, you know. So I, I I think it's brilliant what you're doing. Where do you where do you stand on um mobile phone apps? Because again, I, I moan a lot about these. And I had a recent uh, experience on an investigation with another group. I was a paying guest. And every like minute essentially of this investigation at least two people in the group had their heads buried in this phone which was illuminating the room with the the, the light of the phone which was ruining the atmosphere and and it was so it was so clearly fake <laughs> you know wh- where do you stand on that
1: oh uh, well I, i'm probably going to be in great agreement with you um my explanation is a mobile phone app they one of two things they can either access a database built into the app of pre-recorded words or they're a a radio channel skipping type device. So if it's accessing the database of words, they are pre-spoken words pre-programmed by a person in a computer program. In my view, that doesn't relate to a spirit speaking or giving information, in my view. A channel skipping radio skips from frequency to frequency. Every so often it picks up a word, but that is a word transmitted by a presenter from a studio somewhere in a radio station, not a spirit or a ghost. Um, There are a couple of devices around That are starting to get more and more use I just wrote the names down Because I forget Geobox and Geoports Those types of things Now I looked at those with great interest And um, I thought to myself I'll I'll investigate how they work And what goes on with them Most of them are channel skipping radios But then they applied that to a a reverb type circuit So it re-echoes anything that's heard Mostly Um so I'm making making one of these for myself, but mine won't have a channel skipping radio. I'm going to use one of two other sensor systems. One will be an ordinary microphone and the other will be something I use in other equipment is a little pot of quartz and pyrite, which is fool's gold. And when you apply a voltage to these, not high voltage, but when you apply voltage, they vibrate, quartz vibrates. So this then makes uh, a white noise type sound. So I can tap into that white noise and then apply that to my geobox type circuitry and see if anything comes of it. Now, this is so new, it is literally not even in a box yet. I've just tested the circuit on the bench literally a couple of days ago. So that's all to play for. That's something quite new. But I can't talk about this too much because I recorded uh, for a TV programme that hasn't been broadcast yet. But something happened on that evening. You'll see it when it comes out. The extraordinary thing is the person that's with me said that the sound that we heard and I heard it as well has been recorded on the camera mics and um, didn't come from the usual source that was expected. So we've got to investigate a little bit further on that because this was in the old mm, Head mm. and I know the building very well. I know the sounds and I'm hoping we can just do a small follow up on that because uh, it's, it's turning quite interesting. So, can, you, can you reveal a little bit more about the show, what it's called? or It will be on um, Paranormal Captured. Right, okay. Um, right. I, I've done bits before with them, and this was a whole show dedicated at Your King's Head. Um, so you will see that probably in a month or so's time. It's brilliant. I think, I think they've just finished editing, and the other the other presenter with me, uh, it's his investigation really, Danny Moss, some people will have heard, and he contacted me a couple of days ago, and I'm not going to reveal what he's told me because um, it hasn't been broadcast yet. It wouldn't be fair. Yeah, but of it's course. More, more unusual than we first thought on the night, let's say.
0: Brilliant. Um, be sure to send me a link to that show once it comes out, and I'll put it on the podcast page for our listeners because some, some guys, are, if they're living in, in, in a different country, they might not be able to, yeah. to see it. So, But, um, but yeah, if, look forward to that.
1: Even that event you see, leading on from that event... And then the GeoPort-type device I'm building, which has got a different sensor system, to me, I'm saying, yes, that's an interesting way to go. So this is why I pushed forward on making that. Yeah, I mean, to, to, to make the
0: equipment that you're making, because you, you seem to be going down a route that, that I would go down if I had the, the talent that you clearly have, um, do, do you have a, an, a belief or a theory on what spirits are? Because I believe when you have a theory on what they are that is what helps dictate the type of equipment that you're making do, 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 do you know what i mean so so what is your theory what is it that fuels the equipment that you make
1: good question um t- two two sides to the answer well the, the first one we've all we've covered a little bit as in uh to produce a piece of equipment that you could have and then i could project light towards you that's something that doesn't exist at the moment and i want to push forward with that i think that's a very interesting way to go as far as photography and video is concerned, my belief is um, a ghost is is el- electrical by nature, so it's a vibrating energy form. But we can't see it. Its vibration is different to what our eyesight is. By projecting either modulated light or critically just ultraviolet light, but preferably modulated. So the light that I'm projecting is vibrating. Will add energy to that electrical energy field which is the ghost or spirit and by throwing energy at it you're providing a way of illuminating it that's that's my belief within how my photos have turned out anyway because i've got quite a few interesting photos um the spirits slightly more slightly different because i think the spirit and the soul are the same thing our, our soul and our spirits are the same it's just that when we're alive it's we are the, the soul and the spirit when we pass over all this stuff that we're made of just disappears and the soul of the spirit lives on. That's still an energy form and has very little ability to talk or communicate. So I want to be able to add um, different kind of, well, portal is an odd word, but a device that makes it easier for a very low energy to be heard. So you're am- detecting and amplifying, but that means you have to try different alternative methods than already being done. Um, Again, vibrating quartz is one thing. Using light itself is another thing because it's a very, very high frequency. Um, a friend I was talking to just recently, she was talking about asking me the same questions you are asking about technology. And I said, well, I've got a circuit that I haven't boxed up yet that will convert higher frequency voice down into lower frequency voice. So it's effectively, it's a bat converter. that, If you can imagine what that is, high frequency down to yeah. low. And apply that to... Uh, paranormal investigation but with that i will have quite a lot of different settings because i don't know what frequencies to aim for but that is one that will say essentially turn audio in a room from a high frequency into a much lower one hopefully we'll hear or be able to record something
0: right so what you've done there is you've kind of differentiated between between what a, a, a human spirit is essentially so are you saying that that what we capture when you're capturing your photos, uh, uh, that they aren't actually the spirit of a dead person? Are you saying that that's some entity that that has never existed within a human body, but does exist in...
1: No, no, no. Um, no, no, they they are most definitely people that have once existed. Um, They are in a form that we can't see with our naked eye. I'll give you an example in a minute. Um, but you need to apply energy for us to be able to see them. I yep. think they're around us a lot of the time, if not if not all the time. Yep. Um, an example of this was in tag about two years ago. There was a, gr- a group of people there, it's quite a big, sprawling property. And in one particular room, there was just three of us, and we were all standing behind the camera. And I'm snapping away, taking photos. But at the time, there was a lady who... Uh, I don't like the term particularly medium, but medium or sensitive. She was one of those and she was calling out and she was saying she could feel a presence in the room. I was calling out to the person who I believe has got a historical connection in spirit to the room. And I'm snapping and taking photographs, but I didn't see anything at the time. And there was no living person in front of the camera. But on one of the photos, you can quite clearly see a head sticking out from a mirror about a foot out distant from the mirror very faint outline of a torso but you can see a head and a face you can make out the face of a living person or yeah. was once a living person so okay. yeah it, it's it's not an easy question to answer because i don't it's think not answer, i don't think we know all the answers yet but that's what we have to strive for is keep keep on pushing on with it do you,
0: and, and do you believe that there's a possibility that that they are the spirits of dead people but what you're actually doing by Tuning into these frequencies is you're tuning into a different time, maybe, and 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 you're absolutely you're actually capturing them at their moment of life. Yes. So there's almost like a time slip, and, and and you're seeing them not as as a dead as they once were, but you're actually seeing them alive.
1: Yes. Um. Couple, uh, two examples of that. One is the one I just talked about in Plasteg. That person, I believe it to be, would have existed about three hundred years ago, three hundred fifty years ago. Um, another more recent incident was in the old King's head. And there was only three of us investigating in the, in the large room at the back of the pub upstairs. And it has been speculated and rumoured that at one time this part of this building was used by ladies of the night. And we don't know that for sure. We still don't know that for sure. But we still there's still a strong belief that's what's happened. Anyway, what, one of my colleagues was sitting down. And we were discussing, just generally discussing, use of the room at the time. And he'd been doing a little bit of research. And he was talking in some detail about this use of this room. And I'm standing about 10 foot away from him, snapping away and taking photos. There were about four or five unusual photos uh, where the room had actually changed. There were curtains in the room where there aren't ever ever been curtains in my time that I've been Uh there. You can see curtains flapping about and a curtain shape behind him as well. And I actually missed them. He pointed them out a couple of weeks later. But the most interesting part was, and it's important to link it with Ladies of the Night, there's a photograph of the lower half of a young lady sitting, legs crossed, short skirt, knees. And this is what we call the legs photo. Now, in context, he's talking and sort of making a connection. I would say he's making a connection. But the technical side is when I snap and take photos, I always like to take at least three photos in one direction. It gives me a before the shot and then after. So I've got photos before and after. And there was nothing on those two shots either side. So for a moment in time, I believe this young lady came into existence. Now, was it to do with him talking about her? That's what I suspect it is. There was a consciousness connection. Yeah. yeah. I strongly believe that. And, and you
0: say that she came into existence. I I would probably look at it more as she was always there. She yeah. she she was there, carrying doing her daily business. It's just that that you you kind of witnessed it for for a brief moment in time. And when you look at you say about how curtains have appeared. I mean that's fantastic because people often associate you know spirits with a living being. I recently interviewed a guy on on this show, Marcus, who. Witnessed a go- uh, an actual ghost train um, With people on the train But he actually saw the train itself um, And it went down a, a particular um, It came kind of across a grassy field There were no train tracks But the train was going and um, And in order for that to happen if you only believe that spirits are were once living beings, then you can't see the spirit of a of a an inanimate object or a curtain or a train. So the only thing I can explain there is time. It is a time slip, and you're 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 witnessing that moment in time, and it's happening, and it will happen every day for eternity, and you've just happened to see it. Do you think that's happening all, all around us?
1: Um, yes but I think a lot of us especially these days in the era we live in now we don't look for it and we miss it it's too easy to miss um, I think when you become a little bit more in, in tuned with I won't say in tuned with the spirit world but if you're more open and accustomed to something going on around you you're probably more likely to have an experience um, but definitely the time thing I've, I've been thinking about this quite a lot recently, the legs photo, because that wasn't that far back in time. That photo, I would say, relates to no more than 100 years ago. Yeah, Yeah. Civil War soldier, he was 1645-ish during the Civil War. That's hundreds of years. So I know people have speculated about uh, time slippage, but in my view, that is two examples, two real examples, that that does actually happen. And it starts to make your brain work very hard (laughs) because, you know, you get people, scientific people say time travel isn't possible. But in my view, there is something going on. All science, until science understands a phenomena, they don't acknowledge it existed. But once you understand it and it exists and you can prove it, it's like before the microscope was invented, we didn't know about germs. They were always there but we just didn't know because we couldn't see them. You invent the microscope and all of a sudden there are germs. It's just we haven't, we haven't quite got there yet with the kit. That's what I'm pushing for is always new technology.
0: I think it's like uh, that old joke, you know, before Isaac Newton discovered gravity, people used yeah. to float everywhere, you know. Um, I, I think what what the only thing that pulls me back on this theory, because like yourself, it's something I've been exploring, um, that basically the idea of, of two... Um, not two, but multiple timelines existing, um, all at the same time. And that would mean that time isn't actually linear. You know, it would mean that we had this conversation yesterday and we'll have it tomorrow and and on and on again. Um, the only thing that pulls me back on that is it's very rare that you have a time slip into the future. Yes. You know, we always see the past and you, you read stories about, you know, there's a famous one of two ladies walking down the street and all of a sudden they're surrounded by kind of Victorian, uh, People and car- horses and carriages and stuff, and then they're back into the 20th century. But it never happens the other way around. Uh, have yeah. you thought about that?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, my explanation would be that um, tomorrow hasn't yet happened, but yesterday did happen. You existed yesterday. You ate your dinner and tea yesterday. You can remember doing that. It exists as a memory, as an energy, however you want to describe it. But tomorrow hasn't yet happened. So I don't believe in time travel into the future, but. Grasping times that have gone on in the past. And I don't think you can alter it either. I think time is, is what has no. happened in the past has happened. I don't believe we could go back into the past and change it. Could be wrong, but that's for science fiction. <laughs> 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 but no, 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 I, I agree with you. N- I've not witnessed anything from the future No,
0: No, no. And it, like I say, it always just pulls me back and makes me stop getting ahead of myself, you know, to excuse the pun, but about the, the fact that if you know, if people did start to experience the future in time slips, I think it would pretty much cement what we're talking about as a, as a solid theory, really, and some, for some, something for science to look at.
1: Well, I think it ties in with the stone tape theory, that it's, yeah. it's loosely attached to um, quartz in stones and rocks that are buildings are made out of. Um, and quartz can vibrate you apply electricity to quartz it vibrates if you strike quartz it produces electricity vice versa and therefore it has got the potential to capture and hold energy which could be memories thoughts events if you think in spiritual terms not in physical terms so yeah. so work it that way and i think yeah there's a great possibility but how do you release a stone tape theory event you apply energy to it And that could be, well, in my view, it'd be people being present in a location, Um, you know, that you have to be there for for the event to have had to rehappen, let's say in my yeah
0: view. yeah and do you think there's there's different types of spirits then really because you you will have a um, this stone tape theory which is something i do subscribe to you know if let, let's say you live in a house and you you walk up and down the stairs four or five times a day for 40 years it's mm. going to kind of imprint some kind of energy on that building and you know Famous places like Auschwitz, when you go there, you get a, a feeling, of course. Um, and I've had it myself. I've been in rooms where I've had really negative feelings and you do a bit of research and you find out why you felt like that. Um, so I, I massively subscribe to that. And that might explain why sometimes you can encounter ghosts or spirits that don't look at you. They don't interact with you because they're just going about their business. Yeah, but, but but then there's that different side, isn't there? There's that where, where the spirit begins to interact with you. And that's no longer a recording because it's kind of breaking out of that mold and it's interacting with the world now. So how how would you
1: explain that? Um, Well, that's that's a hard question to answer, but I'll give you an example of something. I'm sorry. <laughs> <to make. laughs> no, it's right. If we don't ask the hard questions, we're never going to. Absolutely, wait. yeah. Um, i focused a lot on... Short burst EVP recordings, and it's a I use a specialised bit of kit, um but quite short recordings, thirty seconds, a minute, because then you can play them back and it doesn't take forever. You're listening in real time on and invest. And I did this, I've done this a couple of times, but in i once again, I spent so much time in the King's Head, I always revert back there. One night, I I built a new piece of kit, and it was the first time I'd used it. It was a a box with quartz and pyrite in it, and it was energised. And the output from that came to an audio amplifier so you could hear anything from it. There was no microphone in this at all. It's just the quartz that is the catalyst sensor. And then I had this recorder with me and I use, um, the, I use six microphones attached to the recorder, not just one. And again, it, it increases the potential of recording. And I was going through the routine and I said, to him, I'm just literally I'm talking to Spirit now and recording. I'm saying, I've just altered a couple of the settings on this box. Does that help? And a very whispery voice, but audio voice came back and said, sound seeker. Now, wow. when, when you're doing audio recordings, you call out, which, you, you know, you're asking for people's name. Is there anyone? All these kind of questions. That's what you're calling out for. You're asking for sounds to come back. And it was a literal um, answer to to what we were doing. Um, so that was a curious one but that was in real time you could say that was actually conscious it was recognising I was there present at the time and it was answering me in a way um, another example of of that in, in another room in the King's Head again one of my team Mandy she heard a sound in one of the bathrooms so we we don't jump we immediately react and say is there someone there with us let, let us know that you're here and we're recording at this time so we did about a minute's worth of recording. I think Mandy was talking at the time, wasn't me? And when we played it back, um, you, as, as an investigator, you, you do your best politely to encourage the spirits to talk to you. So she was doing that. To, Please let us know who you are. You know, we want, to, we want to hear you. On the playback, we heard, OK, curious, Earl Spencer. <laughs> Seriously, these were recorded words. Now, the first part, OK, curious, is is an interaction. It's a real-time interaction.
0: Quite sarcastic as well. You know, It has, yeah. has a bit of a, a personality to it.
1: Um, well, from further investigations, much more recently, he appears to be not such a nice character. Right. But we can't we don't find any historic connection, but to actually get Earl Spencer, now that's not an Earl as in the Earl of Wessex, that is Earl as a first name. Yeah, yeah. can't find any historical connection yet to anybody in the building, but I was fascinated that we got not only the first name, but the surname as well yeah it's
0: it's when you get those kind of intelligent responses back um that's what fascinates me the most because like i said i can subscribe to the the stone tape theory and and i can i i think you can to a point, scientifically explain how that can happen, as you've mentioned with the quartz and the vibration and stuff like that. But when you start to look at the the intelligent responses and that kind of interaction, it's a whole new level. And I think that's where we need to go next, you know, and and and, and where we need to focus our, our research and trying to explain what that is.
1: Well, you see, I think we should be looking at the fact um, science often says energy can never be created or destroyed, so it yep. always exists. So if we acknowledge that we... Those two that are talking to each other are physical human beings, but we're spirits in a human body. And that spirit has got energy that never dies. It it exists even after the human body dies. And our spirits that are talking to each other now are conscious. We can think, we can speak, we can discuss. So if a spirit energy um, continues after life, then why has it not got conscious ability to communicate? And I think it has. If we interact in the right way, if we're polite, um, and if we show—I'm going to say we show respect—but I think by showing respect, by being polite, you're actually passing on a bit of energy by um, inviting them to communicate and talk to you. I, I don't—you're probably like me—don't believe in being um, aggressive or using force yeah. or anything like that. it. Doesn't work for me at all. Never ever.
0: No, it—it um, it doesn't work. I mean. It, it, I've seen it work, but I've seen it get that kind of response back. You know, mm. you, you kind of get the negative, horrible kind of spirit that you're interacting with then, and and it, it's um it's not very nice. It's not the approach I tend to go for. Um, I always talk to them how I would want to be spoken to, uh, you know, as a living person.
1: Ah, that's what that's an example. I always go, I always say, yeah, uh, um, talk to the spirits as if it was a living person sitting next to you because they were once living people. Um, I, I just want to throw a question back to you. Um, sure. Uh, in America they talk about demons quite a lot. And we don't seem to make much connection with demons in this country. And personally, I don't I don't believe don't particularly believe in evil. I believe there's evil in people, but not evil as such. What's your thoughts on demons? Why have they <laughs> got that? <laughs> okay, for the
0: listeners, this still is the paranormal paranormal podcast. And uh, <laughs> um, I think I think there is evil. I think the universe has balance. Um, so that, that's that's my answer to that. I think where there has to be evil to highlight the goodness and there has to be goodness to highlight the evil. Um, I think in terms of why are the Americans always finding demons, I would put this down to um, – it's something i tackle actually in some of my presentations that we're always obsessed with the darkness the dark side of things you know and you look at hollywood you never see a a positive film about ghosts it's always um you know kind of horror and and they mean you harm and this is exemplified when you go to um on, on investigations in the uk and One of the questions people always ask is, do you mean us harm? And it's like that's the first thing on their mind, that these spirits are there to hurt them. And I think in America, uh, um, and this is no kind of disrespect to any of my American listeners whatsoever, but it's always hinges on the entertainment industry in America. I think where we had most haunted and things like that in America, they have uh, it's much bigger with ghost hunters, ghost adventures, you know, and I think um, fear sells. And, and, and I think that, therefore, a lot of the demons that they're encountering are, they're either fake, uh, I don't think they're actually happening, mm. or they are encountering a spirit, but they're, it, the, the encounter is twisted and manipulated to look more evil, because that sells. You know, if they encountered good old Jeff, who is just there reading his paper in the corner of the Lynn room, it's not as interesting as encountering some ancient, archaic demon who means to possess you and, and take over the world. Um, so that
1: I, 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 does that answer? <laughs> it does. I mean, I, the reason I'm saying is because I, I mentioned this to someone the other day, I have never been anywhere that I have ever wanted to leave in a hurry. There is no place that I've been frightened of. I have felt very strong presences in places, but I wouldn't put it down to demons. I would just put it down to a strong spirit. Mm-hmm. That yeah. could be a strong spirit. That usually would say wants to make you aware of their presence, but doesn't mean you any evil. No, no, I, I'd have it's, to agree. I just think they want to get a point across um, and say, "I'm here, I'm here." And yeah,
0: but- yeah I, I think so. I mean, I, I do stand by by what I said, where where that that it does sell, and and I think America is a is is a platform where it sells well, and yes. therefore that the 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 demon thing is is massively kind of. It's a bandwagon, essentially, that's being ridden on a lot.
1: And, and I'll just say, I, I don't mean any disrespect to anyone in, um, in America. It's just a curious question that as an investigator in this country, I'm not particularly aware of, of coming across anything within demons or demonology. And as you say, it is probably almost certainly focused because it sells and it's a uh, scare factor.
0: I, I think so, and and it's interesting because when I, I I back when we could, I used to give presentations to groups, and um, sometimes I would take equipment with me, and I would get the spirit board out, and you'd see the people on the front row, all of a sudden they'd be sat on the back row, um <laughs> and and it, it always fascinated me, and I I just ask why, what yeah. what why are you scared of this piece of wood with letters carved into it, you know, and their answer would be well, I've seen films, and I, I, and 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 that's it. You know, it, it's it's essentially a piece of equipment um, to communicate with a spirit, and just the same as we use cameras and we use things like K two meters and stuff. It's just a tool for a spirit to communicate with you. It isn't a portal to hell. Uh, I mean, I've never had a bad experience on on a spirit board, and again, no disrespect to the people that have. But I could, if for every person that's had a bad experience on a spirit board, you could probably give someone that's had a bad experience with an EVP recorder and, and, and stuff like that. So I, I think a spirit board gets an unfair rap when it comes to, um, to equipment. Um, so what would you say is, is your best piece of equipment? And it can be one you've made, it can be one off the shelf. What's your favorite piece to use?
1: Um, Well, it it can't just be one. There has to be a few. (laughs) When when I go out on invest, it's usually two uh, aluminium cases and a couple of bags of things. But one is the the lighting equipment. I I call it digital lighting, the pulse digital lighting. I have a fairly, not not an expensive, but a fairly high spec digital SLR and critically, the ability to use it properly. That makes a big difference as well. The audio recordings I find fascinating, especially if you get a response in real time that makes sense if it's an answer to a question. Very rare, but um, very, very interesting. Um, I've got equipment that can react, so they are sensitive to electric fields or magnetic fields or electric vibration that turn any anything they sense into audio. So you've got the potential of hearing it rather than just looking at an LED display. That was never enough for me Yeah, I need to be able to hear it. And if it comes out as audio, um, then it's recordable. So one of my prime criteria when I started out was to make equipment that you could make recordings from, whether it's video, photo, or audio EVP. Um, so yeah, there's there's a couple of bits of kit that I wouldn't go out the house without. Um, there are I do have bog standard um, EMF type devices. And I, I've got one that I haven't really taken out and used anywhere, but again it's got an um an EMF sensor. Well there's two sensors and a light unit at the front. Right. So you can walk around and there's a telescopic section so it pokes out about a meter in front of you and it will project light relative to whatever it senses. But ah, that- so it's,
0: all, it's more it's like a like a visual version yeah. of a um of an I guess a REM pod. So instead of hearing it, you're, you're seeing yeah. the light.
1: Well, it's audio as well, so you'd hear it. Um, I actually designed it. It's just another interest of mine is to take it around some of the large stone circles in this country. Uh, Avery, I don't think I'd get into Stonehenge. Uh, some burial chambers. I've had a couple of interesting experiences there. But to use those to de- see to detect if there's any electromagnetic or electric vibration, and to reproject that back into light and listen to the audio um so that was the idea behind that one but it's relative to ghost haunting as well
0: right okay and and this equipment is do do you you say you design this um this emf meter basically that that kind of makes sound instead of light um do, do you make these to sell is there anywhere people can buy these or do they just have to ask you to make one
1: um, no, I've only ever sold a few. I haven't made any to sell for a long, long time. Uh, I'm not a very good entrepreneur. I am quite a, ty- <laughs> quite a typical British designer. I tend to build things that I want to use myself and then not see, um, see it through as a, as a business as such. I should do. I really should do because as you've just said, we need improvements and improvements need new equipment to, to get us to these places. So perhaps that's, that should be my route for the future, really. Definitely,
0: yeah. Uh, well, expect expect a message off me, <laughs> you to make to make a few things. I I think I can see myself going down down that route. Uh, and and really just kind of rounding off rounding off the interview. Where can people uh, the photos that you've you've captured and the audio um, EVP recording sound fascinating? Can we hear those anywhere? Can we see those? Have you archived them?
1: Um, I've archived them. Some of them are on my Facebook page, but you'd have to troll back through those. Um. I've got a, a Facebook page called Paradox Paranormal and there will be, I, I put all the relevant pictures that I get on there. I don't think I've put all the audio recordings on there, um, but Paradox Paranormal on Facebook is probably the first place. Um, and you can message me through there if you need, if anyone needs any more information. Um, and it, I, I can't remember if uh, there's one photo I took recently, which hasn't been put up there, but the legs photo will definitely be on there. Brilliant There's And one, The, the, the Plaza Tag one definitely wants to look out Because that's a fascinating one Okay And with
0: um, restrictions hopefully lifting soon um, Do you Have you got any planned investigations That maybe some of the UK based listeners Could come and join you on?
1: Um, I'm pretty regular at the Old King's Head um, Plaza Tag is under renovation at the moment I've been going there for many many years so only yolking's King's head at the moment. Um, I haven't really made any plans because of the COVID restrictions. Yep. So you can't plan to do anything because you don't know when things are going to be open properly. No. Uh, there will be one in Vernon uh, Institute in Sorgle in July with another group that I'm attending. But again, that that's not definite yet. We have to wait for the COVID. But as soon as things open up, yeah, I hope to be able to do more. Great. And do you advertise these events?
0: Sometimes you say that pub- the public can come. Is there anywhere people can, can keep an eye on to, to see?
1: Um, the, the King's Head will have its own website soon. We haven't really done anything yet because we're waiting until things are opened up fully. Um, that the, the old King's Head hasn't really been open for investigations before because of paying guests that come and slept in the rooms. Yep. All that's changed. So if you want somewhere different and unusual to investigate and work alongside me to see equipment in use, that's the place to come and join me there.
0: Brilliant. Um, I guess that just leaves me to say thank you very much for coming on. Um, thank you for the asp-
1: advice.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been as fascinating as I, uh, as I expected it to be. So you've, you've certainly lived up to it. Um, <laughs> and I did I'm like the sure. role reversal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what I have to live up to because I, I just – go out there and be me you see but i've just got such an inquisitive mind and it's just no,
0: right. that's great i mean honestly you know it's as i say the, the whole field has very much gone stale it's plateaued it's not really going anywhere so to meet characters who are doing mm. the best they can to, to further it um i think is brilliant and i commend all that you do um i think it's great so uh th- thank you very much for coming on and i hope to speak to you again soon you're most welcome
1: i hope so too yes thank you
0: So that was the interview there with Paul. Hope you guys enjoyed it. It's a really good interview for me, that because uh, I really like to talk to people that are trying to change the game where paranormal um, investigations are concerned. As I've said so many times, and I I said in that interview there that, you know, I do believe the field has become stale. You know, as a whole, in general, it has become stale. um, And there's not many people trying to push it forward, not many people looking at it from a different angle but it seems that Paul is one of the very few that is and i think that's fantastic and um i appreciate everything that he's doing in that sense and i do look forward to um hopefully being able to team up with him in the future and uh, maybe joining him on an investigation at york e. kings head in chester it's um as i said again in the interview um i went there with my wife when we were in chester a while back and it's a it's a nice little pub and i remember seeing that they they did ghost Hunts there and ghost to investigations, and I, I made a point of wanting to go back. Unfortunately, it's just never happened, and maybe this is synchronicity, and this is my chance to go back. So I'll certainly be keeping in touch with Paul um, about joining him there, and of course, as always, when I do go on an investigation, I'll feed it back to you guys and let you know how it went, and put any evidence up on the on the group. Um, so, just as I mentioned in the intro, um, I'm looking at giving away a copy of my book, a signed copy, as I um, as I did with my previous book. Um, so there's going to be a little bit of a competition. It's not necessarily a competition. It, it's more of what I guess you'd call a raffle. So what I want you guys to do, as listeners, is to drop me an email at paranormalparadigmpodcast at gmail.com, Or you can email me at kieran.woodhouse at gmail.com. If you feel like you want to message me through Facebook, feel free to do so as well. But once you message me, what I will do is I will come back to you and I will allocate you a number. It will be a random number and that will essentially be your raffle ticket then. And then in in two shows time or on the next show or whenever I feel like I've got enough people that have entered... um, I'll do well though it won't be live, but you know, whilst recording, I'll, I'll do a random draw and we'll select one of the numbers. And whoever whoever number that belongs to, you will receive a free signed copy of my book. I'll just have to get back in touch with you to find your postal address. So drop me an email at Kieran.woodhouse at gmail.com or paranormalparadigmpodcast at gmail.com, or you can message me on Facebook if you feel like that's the best way to do it, and I'll come back to you with a number. And obviously I'll keep a track of all the numbers as well. And then um, once I feel like I've had enough people enter, it'll be about in, in a couple of shows time. Um, so probably about a month after this, this show has aired, I will then do a, um, a not-so-live draw on that podcast and we will find the winner. So good luck to everyone if you're going to enter. Look forward to hearing from you. It'll be interesting to see where I get the emails from because previous communications with you guys it fascinates me where you're all um, listening from it, it really really does and as always i really do appreciate the um the support that you guys give just by listening to the podcast really i think it's brilliant um so yeah uh the next guest i have um kenny irish is coming on to discuss cryptids uh monsters bigfoot stuff like that he's a crypto and, uh, he's a, he's a fascinating character. I did a, an interview with him as part of the, um, the Keep On Chatting Network. They do a, um, a festival. It was the Festival of the Unexplained, you guys might remember. And I interviewed him for that, for the Winter Festival. And, uh, it was at that time I asked if he'd be interested in coming on this show
1: and he agreed. So, uh, that will be the next show. So until then, look after yourselves and take care.